0: Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You, and it's great to be with you today. And Israel Team, is a ministry where we're changing the narrative of the growing anti-semitism anti-israelism anti-judaism on evangelical college campuses around the country Uh, we work to change that narrative to stand with the jewish people during these very uh, growing days of anti-semitism so today in the program we're going to answer a question an age-long question and here's the question who killed jesus and the lie of the ages that has caused great suffering for the Jewish people worldwide, the lie continues to be told and retold today. And the question is, what's the lie? The lie is that the Jewish people collectively murdered God, the charge of deicide, the killing or the murder of God. And we're in the Easter season, and Christians around the globe in this season will spend Good Friday in solemn remembrance of the crucifixion of Jesus who is responsible for the death of Christ. For most of Christian history, the Jewish people have been accused of murdering Jesus. The Vatican II Council in 1965 published a declaration entitled Nostra Ate, which relieved modern Jews from being accountable for the crucifixion of Jesus. And then in 2011, Pope Benedict came out with the book, Jesus of Nazareth, part two, in which he said in this book, uh, the Jews collectively are not responsible for the crucifixion of Christ. But since the second century, when church father Justin Martyr proclaimed the Jews would collectively, as a people, bear the responsibility from generation to generation for killing Jesus, the charge of deicide, the murder of God, has been used by Christians to persecute Jews. So think about the crusades, the pogroms, the expulsions from one nation after another and ultimately the holocaust where acts of violence were perpetrated against the Jews and upon them by Christians for being Christ killers. And sadly, many Christians today still hold this belief and the scripture they always pull up is Matthew 27, verse 25, where some of the Jews in the court of Pilate said, his blood be on us and upon our children. So the belief that the Jews are eternally cursed collectively, individually, as people uh, around the globe, even today uh, for killing Jesus, that sin, that um, the, the, the curse of deicide uh, has been pronounced upon them throughout the ages. So is it true? Did the Jews kill Jesus? Just as Jesus received an unfair trial, the Jewish people have received an unfair trial and have been branded as Christ killers for 1,700 years. I was having a conversation just yesterday with an Orthodox Jewish friend of mine, and he told me, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I'd walk down the street, and people would, would call out, uh, you're a Christ killer, because he, of course, had you know, a Jewish head covering, a yarmulke. And uh, now he says, when I walk down the streets of New York with my children, I still feel it. I still feel Christians looking at me, believing that I'm a Christ killer. So old habits are hard to break. And there are several factors in the gospel accounts and the historical records that have been overlooked by both Catholic and Protestant Christians throughout the ages. So I'm I'm going to bring up three of those uh, issues in the Gospels and the historical records that we've overlooked when we come to this place where we say Jews collectively are responsible for crucifying Jesus. Here's the first. The Romans and only the Romans controlled capital punishment During the time of Jesus, Israel was under the occupation of the brutal imperial Roman authority and was subjected to the policies of the Roman Empire, including relinquishing their ability to pass down capital punishment upon criminals. The influence of Rome on the crucifixion of Jesus was more powerful than Christian history has been willing to admit. To keep the lie going, Rome has been portrayed as an insignificant bystander in the killing of Jesus. But this is far from the truth. Jewish religious authorities did not have the legal clearance to put anyone to death, including Jesus. Recently, I was uh, visiting a Gothic Christian cathedral And I was sitting there in the pew and it was it was empty. And I looked up the stained glass, beautiful windows and the seven seven stations of the cross. And I I looked closely and I saw the statues underneath the stained glass windows. Uh, You know, the the torture of Jesus, the the crucifixion of Jesus, Jesus carrying his his cross to Golgotha's Hill. And I realized at that moment there there was no Roman soldiers in the statues They were all Jews that were beating Jesus and crucifying Jesus. And so this is untrue. It was the Romans who crucified Jesus. So the first fact, the Romans and only the Romans decided who lived and who died. Capital punishment was in the hands of the Romans, not the Jews. Secondly, the Romans were brutal dictators The Romans were swift and violent against any sign of Jewish uprising, including the hope of a Jewish Messiah that would overpower the Roman oppressors of the Jewish nation. Remember the conversation of the two on the road to Emmaus. In speaking of Jesus, they said, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel, Luke 24, 21. Remember the question the disciples asked of Jesus after the resurrection. Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Acts 1.6. Those who followed Jesus believed he was the one that would redeem Israel from the hands of the cruel Romans. So Rome not only ruled over the land of Israel, but also over the Jewish priesthood, the full Roman military occupation of Israel fearfully suppressed the hope of a delivering Messiah, and the reality of that threat was ever-present. The fear of Jesus' growing popularity among the Jewish people raised the possibility of Roman aggression. Remember in John eleven forty-seven 47-48, so the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? For this man, speaking of Jesus, performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. The Jewish religious leaders feared the Romans would destroy the temple as well as the nation and drive them out of the promised land. And remember in 70 AD, those fears were realized Uh, when the Romans destroyed the temple. And a few years later, after Jewish uprising, the Romans drove out the Jews from the land of Israel. So history is clear about the fact that the Romans were willing to use the full power of the Roman military to shut down any messianic hope in Israel. So first of, of these facts... Uh, Capital punishment was only in the hands of the Romans, not the Jews. The Jews didn't have the legal authority to put anyone to death. Secondly, the Romans were cruel dictators, and the annihilation of Israel and the temple was a real threat at the time of Jesus. The third fact is this. Pilate was a bad actor. He was a bad guy. Uh, Was Pilate a saint? Well, both uh, two uh, Christian traditions believe and proclaim that pilate and his wife were both saints the christian theologian augustine declared pilate to have converted to christianity and in mid-fourth century christian art pilate is included in paintings with abraham and the prophet daniel many christians view pilate as an innocent victim who was coerced by jews in into ordering the crucifixion of jesus by making pilate a puppet of jewish leaders Blaming the Jews for the death of Jesus is tidier and more convenient. However, far from being a saint, Pilate was a ruthless barbarian filled with hatred and contempt towards the Jews. He suppressed one Jewish messianic uprising after another with reckless abandon. The Jewish philosopher Philo said this about Pilate's reign of terror on the Jews. The briberies, the insults, the robberies, the outrages and wanton injuries, the executions without real constantly being constantly repeated, the ceaseless supreme grievous cruelty. He even delighted in mixing the blood of slaughtered Jewish worshipers who had come to offer sacrifices to God. Uh, he mixed the blood of those worshippers with the blood of their animal sacrifices. Do we have a record of Pilate murdering Jewish Worshippers and then mixing the blood of their sacrifices to God along with their blood and the answer is yes it's in the the gospels Luke chapter 13 verse 1 it says there were some present at that very time who told him speaking of Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices after 10 years of causing horror and bloodshed in Israel Pilate was the uh, deposed by the Roman emperor Vitellius for his reckless cruelty. Even the sadistic Romans could not put up with the bloodthirsty Pilate. However, rejecting the historical and biblical record, many Christians still believe that Pilate was a man of peace who was forcibly manipulated by evil Jewish leaders to give in to their demands to kill Jesus. Pilate is seen as a puppet of the Jewish high priest. He is viewed as a pacifist rather than the sadistic murderer he really was. He is characterized as a leader who is doing everything to preserve Jesus' life. In actuality, Pilate was responsible to quell all Jewish messianic hopes. The popularity of Jesus was a threat to the imperial Roman authority as well as to Herod Antipas, the puppet king Rome had placed over the Jews. It was Herod Antipas, you will remember, who had John the Baptist beheaded and who was in collusion with Pilate in the trial and the sentencing of Jesus. Herod and Pilate both colluded in the quick sentencing of Jesus, and on the day of the trial, it's recorded in Luke 23, 12, and Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, for before this they had been at enmity with each other. So in the trial of Jesus, both Herod and uh, uh, Pilate worked together in, in collusion in order to bring about the illegal trial, sentencing, and crucifixion of Jesus. So who killed Jesus? Well, according to all gospel accounts, Jesus died on a Roman cross. The fact is that it was Pilate who passed down the sentence of death on Jesus, Luke 2324, and it was the Roman soldiers who drove the nails in his hands and feet and thrust the spear into his side. It was the Romans who scourged him with a cat of nine tails ripping off the flesh from his neck all the way down to his ankles. This was part of Roman torture. Yes, there was involvement of King Herod and a group of Sadducees along with the chief priests who feared Jesus' movement would bring the hand of Rome down upon the nation of Israel, but the Jewish people collectively at that time were not responsible nor should Jews be blamed from generation to generation remember king herod uh, and the Sadducees they appreciated greco Roman culture and the finer things of that culture they embraced it and they were doing what they could to protect it. But the Jewish people were many of thousands of them were following after Jesus. It was the Romans who passed judgment and crucified Jesus. The Romans were Italians, remember that, but increasing interestingly, the Italians have not been blamed from generation to generation for the death of jesus nor should they be if we hold the italians responsible as we do the jews then we should blame italians in the vatican for crucifying jesus that sounds insane but it's just as insane and unjust to blame the jewish people for the death of jesus Why is blaming the Jews for the death of Jesus the ugliest form of anti-Semitism? I'll tell you why. Because the lie that the Jews are Christ killers has made Christian anti-Semitism the oldest Jew hatred in history, and sadly that lie continues to fester in the hearts of many Christians today. As I said earlier, old bad habits are hard to break. Why can't Christians clear the Jews past, present, and future of the crime of deicide why can't we as Christians condemn the anti-semitism of the early church father Justin Martyr who cursed the Jews of all generations for killing Jesus this would go a long way in building bridges of friendship with our Jewish elder brothers and and sisters so when we come back from the, the break we're going to look at what the Gospels say about the crucifixion of Jesus and what is actually behind his death. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Hi, I'm Aaron Free, president of Israel Team Advocates. There's an alarming decline today in the support of Israel among U.S. Evangelical Millennials ages 18 to 29. A May 2021 survey administered by the Barna Group shows that between 2018 and 2021, favorable support for Israel has been cut in half from 75% to 35% among Evangelical Millennials in the United States. If this trend continues, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel in just a few short years. And remember that young Christians today will be the leaders of tomorrow. Israel team recently conducted interviews with students at a major evangelical university concerning their understanding of the Holocaust. The answers were troubling. To the first question, what was the Holocaust? Half of the students did not know. To the second question, who was Adolf Hitler? Again, only half of the students had knowledge enough to connect him to the Jewish genocide. In the remaining questions, we found a surprising, breathtaking, really, lack of historical understanding of the murder of six million Jews during the Holocaust. This example is indicative of a much larger problem. The study of the Holocaust is not prioritized in Christian primary, secondary, and higher education. And there's so much more that we can do. You can help Israel Team today by going to IsraelTeam.org and clicking the donate button and your tax-deductible gift today will help us in pushing back against this growing narrative of anti-israelism within the evangelical millennial community so go to israelteam.org and stand with us today we're building a bridge for the coming generation and it's so important that we build that bridge so help us today at israelteam.org that's israelteam.org this is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back, and we're answering the age-long question today, Who killed Jesus? To point the finger of blame at the Jews for killing Jesus reveals not only hideous anti-Semitic issues in one's heart, but also a shallow understanding of gospel truth. The truth is made so obvious in the scriptures that one must be blind by contempt towards the Jews to even question if the Jews killed Jesus. Why is this? Because Because not one human on planet Earth had the power to kill Jesus. Let me say that again. Not one human on planet Earth had the power to kill Jesus. Not the Jews, not the Italians, no one. Listen to what Jesus said about his own death. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one, let me say it again, no one, Jesus said, takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. Where's that found? John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Jesus, by his own testimony, is saying, no one has the power to lay, take my life. I lay it down on on my own accord. So to blame the Jews for taking Jesus' life is in direct opposition to the testimony of Jesus. No one on planet Earth has that kind of power. Even in our hymns, he could have called 10,000 angels, and he could have. He, he could have put an end to the whole thing. He didn't have to go to the cross. He was God incarnate. Even Pilate, with all the power of Rome behind him, did not have the power to take Jesus' life. In John 19, Pilate asks Jesus a question. Don't you know I have power to crucify you? And what was Jesus' response? You would have no authority over me at all unless I had, it had been given to you from above. So Pilate, Rome, did not have the power to crucify Jesus unless it had been given to them from above. Further still, the entire Christian story of redemption is based on the belief that Jesus' journey to a Roman cross was in the mind of God before time began, declaring that Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Acts 2, verse 23. I always like to say the Bible is a story uh, of three suppers. There is the first supper, which is the Passover supper in the book of Exodus. There's the second supper, which is uh, the last supper uh, that Jesus uh, had with his disciples. Uh, before his crucifixion, death, and resurrection. And the third supper is the supper will all join together in the marriage supper of the lamb. And each one of those suppers speaks about the sacrifice of a lamb. There was the sacrifice of a lamb in Exodus and the Passover, the supper that Jesus shared with his Disciples, there was uh, the drinking of the cup, speaking of the the Lamb's blood, and in the marriage supper, it speaks of the Lamb. So the, the crucifixion, the cross, was in the heart of God before time began. As well, Christian doctrine teaches that God's purpose in the death of Jesus was to atone for the sin of humanity. For our sake, it says in Second Corinthians Um, 521, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The cross was in God's heart before the world began. John the Revelator uh, said in the book of Revelation, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Remember the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham raises his knife to sacrifice his own son. And God shows him a ram in the thicket. And the Bible says God himself will provide the lamb. So the story of redemption, the story of uh, blood sacrifice, uh, that God himself would provide a lamb, speaking of Jesus, is all through the Bible. I, I was speaking with a, a friend of mine recently recently. Um, a Jewish man and a pastor. We were having a conversation. And the Jewish man said, You know, all my life I've been accused of being a Christ killer. And the Jewish man actually began to cry in this meeting. And he said, I've, I've carried that guilt from the time I was a small child. And interestingly, the pastor said, Sir, I can tell you this. You didn't crucify Jesus. And he said, I didn't. He said, No. He said, I crucified Jesus. And then he looked at me and he said, So did Aaron. It was our sin that. Uh, Directed Jesus to a Roman cross. So for 1700 years many Christians have been deflecting the blame away from their own sins and pronouncing judgment on the Jews But it was my sin that Jesus paid the price on the cross Isaiah 53 verse 5 and 6 says he was pierced for our transgressions He was crushed for our iniquities all we like sheep have gone astray We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53:10 says, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. So, all through the gospels, Jesus willingly laid down his life God the Father, it was His will that Jesus would offer up His life as a sacrifice for the sin of humanity, and it was my sin, it was the sin of humanity that directed God the Father to uh, bring His Son to that point of being a sacrifice for that sin. With these facts in mind, why does the lie the Jews killed Jesus still have life? The lie continues, in my opinion, to be immortalized by many Christians around the world in order to place Christianity on a higher moral plane than Judaism. By blaming Jews for Jesus' death, Jesus becomes a non-Jew, a Christian in solidarity with other Christians in opposition to Jews and to Judaism. The reality is that Jesus was killed by the Romans because he was a Jew. For the Romans, he was a Jewish troublemaker that threatened the power of Rome, that had to be cruelly and brutally put to death. My friend Dr. Brad Young, a Hebrew scholar of scholars, said in his book, Jesus, the Jewish Theologian. Listen to this. Perhaps there is no other point in history where Jesus is so much at one with his own people than when he suffered upon the cruel cross of Rome. Many Jews have suffered under various political and ideological systems because they were Jews. Jesus is one of them. He loved his people and suffered as one of his own. So this Good Friday season, this Easter season, as Christians solemnly remember the canceling of their sins through Jesus' willing sacrifice, may those in Christendom around the world who continue to falsely blame Jews for the death of Jesus, and I'm not saying all Christians do this, I'm saying many Christians within Christianity Christian circles continue to falsely blame Jews for the death of Jesus. May we make this time a time of humble thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus for going to that Roman cross and laying your hands down and willingly suffering for our sins. May it be a time of humble thanksgiving rather than uh, arrogant blame. And remember that the crucifixion was really started by the Assyrians and then it uh, was picked up by the Babylonians and then the Persians. And then the Romans started using this form of torture and brutal Uh, capital punishment Uh, I believe that crucifixion is probably the worst form and the cruelest form of capital torture and capital punishment ever invented uh, in human history and Jesus our Savior went to that Roman cross went through that that torture in order to bring us um, salvation the Romans would take out a, a scourge a whip uh, at the tip of that whip was a cat of nine tails. And attached to those uh, different uh, strands of leather were broken pieces of pottery and glass dipped in lamb's blood in order to cause infection. And that Roman soldier would take that whip and he laid it upon the back of Jesus, time after time after time after time, ripping the flesh. Uh, from his neck all the way down to his ankles. Uh, Historians say that after that scourging, there was not one ounce of skin left on the back of Jesus. He did that for you and I. It was the Romans who were practicing this horrible form of torture. And then Jesus carried a Roman cross up to Golgotha's hill. And those Roman soldiers angry that they were away from their homeland angry at the uh, Jewish people angry at this this Jewish man Jesus that uh, had messianic hopes for Israel Uh, they took out a 12-inch Judean thorns laid it upon his brow they beat him they plucked out his beard and then they took a six inch uh, nail drove it through the small bones of his wrist and a 12-inch nail and uh, drove it through his back heel. He did that for you and I. And so in humble thanksgiving, we thank Jesus uh, for willingly uh, giving his life for us. He only had the power to lay down his life. No one could take it from him. So this Easter season, let's humbly thank the Lord for all he has done for us. God bless. We'll see you next time.